Going off to college is a big step for a lot of high school graduates. You expect to broaden your horizons, learn new and exciting things, meet new friends. You do your research and find the school that's best for you. Each has its own rich history, but some a little darker than others. A university that is so old is going to have some unfortunate circumstances along the way, but a number of inexplicable or unnecessary deaths is maybe not what you would first expect. One of the most haunted universities in the country, where every other building has a grim story to tell, is where we find ourselves today, as we make our journey through the campus of the University of Delaware. Hello, you are listening to, or so they say, the podcast where two sisters travel small town America, one ghostly tale at a time. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Megan. Are you tired? I was stretching. It's not like you have a newborn or anything. Lazy. I felt weird just jumping right in, but... And we never. didn't even just jump right in. You may or may not have been hanging out here for, like, hours. No, I'm, I mean, like, the actual recording. I don't know, we just... We didn't jump right in, but I feel... I don't know. Yeah. Usually there's banter that goes on before you hear me speak, and it wasn't. We just kind of sat in silence and we're like, all right, let's do it. We did. Well, my child's sleeping in the other room, so I we're always feel quiet. Yeah. the need to be quiet. Even though loud noise doesn't usually bother her, I think a singular loud noise does. Yeah, but if you were talking just, about her, what is it? Yeah. Reaction? Yes, her reflex. startle reflex. Startle reflex. It's very good. I think She's you called it her praise hands. I do call it. <laughs> All her limbs just shoot into the air when she's asleep. And I'm like, what? What? Oh, my gosh. Anyway. Well, my quick update on my life is my chickens are outside, everybody. I Yay. feel like I haven't updated in a while. The coop is done. The chickens are outside. It is quiet in this house once again, kind of, except I have monsters for uh, children. Are they cool with the heat, though, now that it's yeah. like a million degrees outside? Well, when they're chicks, they want it to be like 95 some odd degrees. And Whoa, they so just kind of like, this. yeah, they just kind of like, you almost like harden them off like plants. So they're, I think they're, they're doing fine. Okay. Just well. make sure they have food and water like everything else. Yay. Yeah. Chickens. Yeah, chickens. My anyway. other animals are killing me though. The cat, oh. The little mm. monsters in my house. I might have a broken window in my house. They were, they were playing, had the zoomies and I heard something, not shatter. I was confused. I said, what is that? But spoilers, I already told you what it was. I went in the dining room. I said, I could hear outside. I can hear the birds really well right now. <laughs> and I pulled the blinds back and they ran and ran through the window and shattered it. Neat. So love animals. Oh, absolutely. Just another <laughs> fun, unexpected <laughs> expense. But you know what? They had a good time, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Did they? This one is laying next to me right this moment. Oh, cleaning its bits. Yuck. Uh, I went to go pet her and I was like, what? That's a, her foot's just in the air. Gross. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Well, hi. Welcome back. We're here again. We're here. This is a weird, this just feels like a weird day. It's not going to be a weird episode. I don't think it's just a weird I'm actually day. excited for this episode. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I feel like there's quite a bit that we're going to have to pack into this, this whole. That's true. It's a little different. This one's a little different than other places we've done, I think. Kind of. So where are we exactly? Well, we're in Delaware. Yes. And yes. The first U.S. state. 
It is the first U.S. state. Did you clarify that? Did you look that up? I did, because I felt the second we stopped <laughs> the last week's episode, I was like, oh, my God, I think that's not true. But it is true. Delaware is the first state, uh, established state in the United States. So surely there's just a plethora of haunted or spooky or just historical things One would in general. think, yeah. And there was. Actually, there were quite... A few things. We I was trying to decide between two different ones because I was looking up places for Delaware and we finally decided on this location yes, that we'll be covering. Yeah. Which finally I will tell you. The location is the University of Delaware in I actually just had to look it up while you were talking. I was like, I realize I do not know the city that it's in. It's Newark. Okay, that's Delaware. what I thought. Yes. Newark or Newark. I say Newark. I don't I bet it's Newark. Maybe up there. Who knows? I don't, I'm saying Newark because I'm from the Midwest. So oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, we're at the University of Delaware. This is not our first, uh, you know, college higher education. That's yeah. Place yeah, because the very first episode we did, Saint Mary of the Woods, the Faceless Nun, mm-hmm. is another college. So yes. Yep. Yeah. So the, we haven't. We've just done so many inns and hospitals and houses and cemeteries and it's time for something new yeah so so i am gonna do something a little bit different i could talk about newark but to me universities are almost like their own little cities Mm -hmm. so as far as covering well saint mary's is their actual when you look up the address of saint mary of the woods college it is saint Saint mary Mary of of the the woods Woods, indiana (laughs) that's true this and they have their own zip code goodness yeah, so I'm actually just going to cover the university itself and the stats behind that instead of covering Newark because, I mean, that's where we are. Okay, tell us. Okay, so we li- we love our statistics. We love our demographics. So the I looked up the enrollment by race and ethnicity. Almost all of this came from University of Delaware's website, which is no surprise. Okay. And I would like to think it's up to date since it's on their website. Right. So, the most common race or ethnicity enrolled at University of Delaware, go go ahead. It's white. It's white. Of course like, it is. Like, a lot white. Oh, okay. Like, the total population... See, to- I think universities' demographics would be a little... Would be way more skewed than a city's demographics. True, yes. So, I actually don't know. It looks like they may be covering just under undergraduate numbers here. Okay. So, total number of undergraduates are 18,618. Okay. And of that 18,000, 15,087 are white. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah. And then you've got... 1,933 Hispanic or Latino, and 1,490 Black or African American. Okay. And we'll break that down by percentages because, I don't know, numbers, if you just spout a bunch of numbers to me, it's gone. I need the percentages. (laughs) Yeah. So the enrolled student population at University of Delaware, both undergraduate and graduate is what this is covering, is 63.9% white, which is less than some places, some cities. Right. That's way lower than the national average. Right. Which is what I figured. Yeah. It is 8.19% Hispanic or Latino, uh, 6.31% Black or African American, 5.26% Asian, Whoa, five point two six percent Asian. I as I was talking, I was like, these don't feel like real words coming out of my mouth, and it happened. It happened. Oh, no. 
uh, 3.49% two or more races, 0.114% American Indian or Alaska Native, and 0.0508 Native Hawaiian or other Pacific Islanders. So why didn't they just say wow. a student? Jeez. Like 0.05. When you're getting to 0.0 something, I mean, they count. They matter too. That sounds awful. They, yeah, but... Uh, just say two students <laughs> yeah that's literally like a couple of students so well mm. that's fine those are okay <laughs> and then i was curious this one i for some reason i felt like i had to look a little bit harder to find the quote-unquote gender breakdown of the university and it's not surprising to me the the further in time we go the more you will find that men are women are in higher education more often now mm-hmm. it's like as soon as we were allowed to it's just like oh everybody rushed rushed right. to it and i feel like that's still uh surprising to some people and it really shouldn't be yeah and that definitely is still the case here students enrolled at university of delaware in full-time undergraduate programs are most commonly like and i we're taking ethnicity and gender into account here the most commonly enrolled student is white females at 40.3 percent wow okay uh-huh followed by white males at 27.6 percent that is a huge drop that's a huge jump yeah i i'm not surprised by there being more women in higher education right but i didn't expect that almost almost double yeah i wasn't expecting that skew but okay right well i feel like people just kind of scoffed at it people men scoffed at it and laughed at it and it's almost like it's something that men have been taking for granted since literally the existence of our country being able to get into higher education well and i don't want okay listen we gotta always touch base a little bit on these things don't we yeah here's my thought okay i understand (sighs) Don't come at me, guys. It just is what it is. But I feel like more men also uh, go into trades rather than higher education. Like, men are more likely to go into a trade than a woman. Yes. So. I mean, I that probably statistically surely is true as well just like people whine and cry about there's not enough women in stem and whatever like yeah which we'll get to what the university covers mostly because so keep in mind this is a large population of women as opposed to men yes Mm -hmm. so i'll get to what the university kind of specializes in here soon and that also sort of messes up that thought process of women are in stem women aren't doing xyz okay they are you just don't want to acknowledge it because Mm -hmm. men well go Mm. on let's find out yeah so 40.3 percent white women 27.6 percent white men and hispanic or latino females at 5.66 percent and students enrolled in full-time graduate programs are most commonly white females at 28 percent followed by white males at 22.3 percent so a much smaller margin Mm -hmm. and then black or african-american females at 2.72 percent okay so yay Hmm. wow interesting numbers Yeah. So the University of Delaware is one of the oldest universities in the U.S. I meant to look up which one. I think it's like in the first 10 established universities. I can't remember for sure who the oldest university is. Not even who the oldest is, but like 
what number University of Delaware is. I feel like it was in the first 10 universities established. Oh, Let's but it's see also, if I can find out. <laughs> I was going to say, it's also hard to say because it's gone through some changes, which I will talk about here. Uh, so anyway, one of the oldest universities in the U.S., the University of Delaware, traces its roots to 1743. Wow. <laughs> yeah, when a petition by the uh, Presbytery of Lewes, Lewis, Lewes, expressing... How spell? L-E-W-E-S. Lewis, I guess? Yeah, that's what I said. I don't know. Anyway, so all the way, 1743, it was a petition by the Presbytery of Lewis expressing (laughs) the need for an educated clergy that uh, clergy led the Reverend Dr. Francis Allison to open a school in New London, Pennsylvania. Do you have answers for me? I did. I found it. Yeah, it is the seventh oldest university. Uh, Do you know the first oldest? Oh my gosh, I should know this. You should it's, know it. <laughs> it's, uh, oh no, the the oldest university in the U.S. is, it's not King's Call. No. no. Uh, Because you said University of Delaware was established in 1743. Mm-hmm. The oldest one was established in 1636. Oh my god. Yes. Uh, you're going to say, uh, don't, big one. <laughs> it's not... Oh, for Pete's sake, just tell me so we don't sit here forever in an embarrassed silence. <laughs> it's Harvard. Really? Yeah, Harvard University was established in 1636 and chartered in 1650. The next one was in 1693, which, which is, is the College of William and Mary. You know, I wasn't right at all. What's the top five, for Pete's sake? Uh, number three is St. John's College in 1696. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four is Yale University in 1701, and number five is University of Pennsylvania in 1740, chartered in 1755. My, my. Well, I was wrong. I was completely wrong. Any (laughs) hoots. I acted like I knew something. I didn't know anything. You said King's College? Yeah. That is number 10. That's Columbia. Well, okay, here, let me read. Uh, 1754 Columbia College, located in New York, was chartered in 1754 as King's College. So you, it was there. I was in the top 10. Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to start my whole thought process over because I kept like, no, it's not you. I also like kept pausing and thinking and whatever. Okay. It is one of the oldest, started strong, oldest universities in the U.S. The University of Delaware traces its roots to 1743 when a petition by the Presbytery of Lewes, I'm going to change it, expressing the need for an educated clergy led the doctor... Reverend Dr. Francis Allison to open a school in New London, Pennsylvania. Allison's first class was, quote, possibly the most distinguished in terms of the later achievements of its members taken as a whole of any class in any school in America. That is a heck of a, yeah, that is a big, uh, (laughs) I don't know, you're thinking pretty highly of that. Right. That was John Monroe who wrote that. He was a historian. Okay. Monroe spelled very dumb. Oh. I'm saying it. If it sounds like I'm saying it weird, it's because it's spelled M-U-N-R-O-E. Monroe. Monroe. See, thank you. <laughs> there's a there's Monroe and Monroe. Monroe. Those first students would go on to become statesmen, doctors, merchants, and scholars. Thomas McKean, George Reed, and James Smith signed the Declaration of Independence, and Reed also signed the U.S. Constitution. By 1765, Allison School relocated to Newark. Newark, and then I don't know if this was a typing error, but it says Newark, like with a capital A, but it's all one word. Newark oh, College. Maybe. 
Probably, but it's a weird place to make... Anyway, opened as a degree-granting institution in 1834 and was renamed Delaware College in 1843. In 1867, the college was designated as one of the nation's historic land-grant colleges. I will be honest, I meant to look into this because there's like land-grant, air-grant, sea-grant, like all... And I'm like, what? I don't know what that means. Right. So I should have looked into it, but it is apparently one of the nation's historic land grant colleges okay i sound very silly having done a higher education myself but we're in the I middle of the midwest I didn't even so know i don't know what that thing. is yeah are you also gonna look that I up can. as well i'm gonna see what the what does that mean well that's okay the college it was renamed delaware college in 1843 a woman a woman's a women's college opened in 1914 with 58 students and in 1921 the two colleges joined to become the university of delaware so it didn't become yes oh i just said okay oh i thought you had an answer for it i did find it but it like i feel stupid a land-grant university is an institution of higher education in the u.s designated by a state to receive the benefits of the moral acts of 1862 and 1890 ah of course yes yes silly silly me which we all know what the moral acts i'm not gonna keep you know that's a whole rabbit hole (laughs) yeah okay well so 1843 it was a college women a women's college opened in 1914 so a long while later it only had 58 students and it only lasted as its own entity for seven years because in 1921 the two colleges joined to become the university of delaware okay neat since 1950 university of delaware has quadrupled its enrollment and greatly expanded its faculty and academics and its influence in the world In 2009, the university purchased a 272-acre parcel of land adjacent to the Newark campus that previously had been a Chrysler plant. That site, now the Science, Technology, and Advanced Research Campus, is home to the university's health sciences complex and is being developed as a space combining business, research, education, and more. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Just a catch-all. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. This one was just a, a silly little thing. Their colors, because I, I was like, I don't know anything about that. Their colors are blue and gold. Okay. Which, you know, timely in these in these times. Sort of, kind of. So I'm talking about, you know, what's happening overseas oh, right oh. now. Uh, that's, I was like, I feel even dumber now. I have no, no. idea. <laughs> no. Just kidding. I'm on board now. Right. The faculty of Delaware's college chose blue and gold, which is Delaware's state colors as well, mm-hmm. as the college colors in 1889, just before the start of the first football season that fall. The state flag represents the colors of General George Washington's uniform, which is colonial blue, with the coat of his arms in a buff in a buff-colored diamond. Blue and gold also are the colors of Sweden, from which Delaware's first permanent colonists came. Ah. Right. Okay. Did you happen to look up what their mascot was? I, I did. Was you want okay. me to jump straight to the mascot? I ha- I, oh, go ahead. I got I excited would... about the mascot. Well, I was curious because where our col- where we went to college, ours is okay. stupid. Anyway. I mean, I don't think our, our mascot is not, how do they describe it? A furry, wor- a furry woodland creature of indiscriminate gender. Who described our mascot? Like? That's uh, that's their website or something like that. Oh, Lord. Yeah, it's a blue furry woodland creature of indiscriminate gender or something like that. Or not indiscriminate. Uh, in, basically, it can't be defined. Looks like a fox. 
Yeah, it looks like a <laughs> blue like, fox. It's a blue fox. Is and and its name is Sam, so it's like it could really go anyway. Sycamore Sam. Yeah. Mm. We just triangulated <laughs> okay. really hard. That's where we went to school, folks. Look That's... it up. Look it up. <laughs> well, you know, you know we're from Terre Haute. I mean, it doesn't mean we had to go to school in Terre Haute. We did. We did. It's we fine. did not go far. <laughs> you know what? It was still a good time. Anyway, so go, go ahead. I won't. I won't have you jump. Just tell me what. No, you I have. mean, I don't have to jump very far. I did get very excited about the mascot because I was like, I don't understand. Like, for I was digging and digging. And I'm like, I haven't seen once like the fighting whatever or uh-huh. the. It's their mascot's name. First of all, is U D. So like U Y O U D E E. For Udy. U- University of Delaware. Yeah. Cool. Udy. <laughs> he is the ofi- are they are the official mascot of the University of Delaware fighting blue hens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has a whole page and I you better believe I like took bits out of it because it's so funny. They t- just listen. Okay. <laughs> so Udy's proud lineage extends to the Revolutionary War. This is a mascot, oh, folks. My God. This is a mascot. <laughs> It and the blue hens before it have a reputation for courage and ferocity in battle, traits symbolic of the fighting spirit of the University of Delaware's athletic teams. Wow. <laughs> UD's lineage. Oh, UD's great-great-great-grandfather, Colonel George W. UD, distinguished himself in the Revolutionary War and was cited for bravery in battle. Captain John Caldwell, commenting after the Battle of Trenton, said, There's no yellow streak in that chicken. He's blue to the bone. I'm so mad. (laughs) Colonel UD was given a gold medal of valor, so blue and yellow gold now serve as UD's official colors. His plumage... Careful breeding has produced beautiful plumage of PMS number 300C blue feathers. I don't know who this matters to. (laughs) Uh, particularly striking in UD's broad sweeping tail, which, if you're wondering about his tail and everything else, his height, he is six feet, they are six feet eight inches tall from the soles of the blue and yellow sneakers to the top of its comb. Which, if you don't know what a comb is, I've learned now that I have chickens. <laughs> you know, oh gosh, sorry. You know, chickens on their beak, how they have like the red bleep, bleep, bleep thing? That's yeah. called a comb. Oh, okay. The more you know, right? Wow. <laughs> so six feet, eight inches of terror, like blue, f- oh, f- like feathery terror. Uh-huh. His chest is 64 inches. Wingspan, six feet, one inch. Tail span, tail span, five feet, six inches. Who needs to know all this? I mean, I guess the mascot <laughs> world is serious business. Oh, it is serious. And I'll tell you. Well, first of all, his footwear is Air UDs, UDs stylish size 28 FF blue and yellow sneakers help it soar through the air with hang time measured in minutes. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it. And no, they have all of this. They do. There are mascot competitions. I have learned looking into this uh-huh. and UD, our, our buddy here, UD or uh-huh. whatever, is an eight time UCA open mascot national champion. Like, first place in 2008, 9, 11, 12, 13, 16, 17, 19, also being the runner-up in 2010, 14, and 15. So, basically, every year in between. Dang. Yeah, so, UD is a very serious mascot. That's intense. It is really really intense. For all you mascot enthusiasts. (laughs) I'm over here like, what is Sycamore Sam even doing? Nothing. 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 (laughs) Hanging out in the the trees, in the woods. Yeah. 
St. Mary, we, probably. Say, we can't even call it the woods. That's St. Mary's. Yeah, I was going to say St. Mary's, probably. What is it? The forest is what they called it for a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You Moon know what? Stick. They're trying to find something that will stick. They'll get there eventually. <laughs> We're getting there. Okay. So, where was I now? Oh, yeah. I already talked about the undergraduate numbers, total enrollment, blah, blah, blah. It's in Newark, established 1743. Their motto is, knowledge is the light of the mind. Wow. Uh, the president, I don't know, is Dennis Asanis. Asanis. Dasani. Oh, okay. They have 4,746 employees. It is a land grant, sea grant, and space grant university tackling the biggest challenges facing our state, nation, and the world. Oh. I know. Goodness. They are actually... So, it's funny because... I don't know. It's just like universities you've never heard of, blah, 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 look into. They are number one. They are the number one university for physical therapy graduate program. Yeah, I'm like, okay, okay. random. Then number nine for chemical engineering, but, and I looked up the number ones because I was curious. Uh The number one was Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Okay. Cool. Then there's a large jump. And like, I guess you have to, it has to be notable enough that they put it on the website, but they're number one in the physical therapy graduate, number nine in chemical engineering, number 56, best engineering program. Which, again, I'm like, maybe there's just a ton of them, and that's still pretty notable. Uh Uh-huh. The number one engineering program, Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Okay. Yeah. They are number 84 in best (laughs) business program. Number one is Stanford, which probably does not surprise. Yeah. No. They're number 28 in the best graduate school for education. The number one is essentially their, their first entity university of pennsylvania oh okay so close mm-hmm. and then they're number 38 as far as national public universities go and i know that's notable like there's a lot of public universities and they are number 38 okay number one kind of annoyed me is the university of california los angeles why is that annoying because like the top five in the top five like three of them are california schools they're almost all california schools university of california berkeley like university of california whatever san francisco like they're Uh all california schools and i'm like on what grounds are we judging these metrics yeah it because like i guarantee they get the most money they get the most funding they get the most well that's not necessarily true if you look at stanford yale harvard all those they probably get a lot of backing as well oh yeah but it's just like i'm like of course california sorry no offense to anybody going to the university of california los angeles or berkeley college or just any california school like good for you (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i've never been to california so i won't knock it i don't know that's true i haven't either i feel like i've mentioned multiple times i've never been further west than st louis yeah (laughs) which is pretty sad yeah, that's about as far as I've been. I've been all over the East Coast, though. Name it. I've probably been there. Everything wow, above okay. us, below us, and to the right of us. To the east of us. <laughs> I, I haven't been to Delaware, though. I will say, I would like... Delaware is one I would like to go to. Vermont is one I would really like to go to. And then, I mean, I we all know how I feel about Connecticut. Soft spot for Connecticut. <laughs> Yeah, I don't travel much. Oh. I I won't be traveling much for a while. Listen, you know, it doesn't have to put a damper on things. 
I said for a while, we'll eventually get back to traveling. Mm-hmm. I'd like to go to new places. I know. I haven't traveled a lot recently, but I would like to travel again. It's fun. It's good stuff. It's nice to get out of the Midwest and into, you know, less close-minded. Literally anywhere else. Literally well, anywhere else but almost here. anywhere else. True. Let's not get crazy. Fair. I'm not going south. I was, huh? I what? Who said that? Too. Me so. Shush. <laughs> I don't even think she's in here anymore. She's the one that said that, Megan. Oh, okay. S- silly. Pick it up when I'm putting down. I know, but I'm saying well, that she's not even in here anymore. Oh, she's I not. I didn't realize she left. <gasps> she disappeared. <sighs> okay, well, anyway, I th- I swear I had more. Maybe I just, I got very, ex- did I skip anything? One of the oldest, blue and gold, numbers, mascot. That's what I have. So, I mean. Good info. I was going to say, st- I thought about covering because it was hard to look up the buildings that they claim are haunted without getting into the that kind of stuff. And the other thing is there's actually a number of the buildings that they claim are haunted, yes? Yes. Oh, yeah. So I thought about covering them, but I don't want to step on toes. Well, and because there are so many buildings and locations that are supposedly haunted i couldn't even get too detailed into each place so you're really only going to get a taste of some of them i'm not going to get into a lot of the history behind it which is (laughs) right uh, we'll we'll do a little bit but not not a ton just because there's so much i'm not even going to get to all of it which is crazy (laughs) that for a university for like the entire campus essentially to be haunted Right, and if I recall, <laughs> this isn't even allegedly the most haunted campus, is it? No, I don't remember what is. I can't remember either. But this, it's in there. It's wasn't... right up there. Yeah. So we'll go ahead and just... So there's your background. I, s- I set the scene for you, which was a very vague scene. <laughs> it's old. It's an old college. Tale is old as time. Okay. So let's get into it this very first one i'm gonna cover is mitchell hall and the ghost that haunts it its name is elmo i don't gosh darn it (laughs) i now there were two different websites i grabbed information from about mitchell hall and one of them said that elmo was a construction worker who actually fell and died while working on site so that sucks um Real quick before you jump in, didn't mm-hmm. you look this up before? I feel like there was one college that should have stood out to you if you saw it in the top five most haunted. Yeah, I know St. Mary's was actually listed in like the top 10. I just want to know when but... this was written because the number one most haunted college or university in America, I didn't do the world, is Smith College. Yes. Northampton. Yeah, I do remember looking that up now. But it does have number two as the University of Notre Dame. Yeah, that too. So that's correct. I think so. If I, uh, I can. Yeah, go I guess in it here is here because then it also has Ohio University and mm-hmm. Kenyon College. Like, I had a list of it, up, but I've closed it or something at this point i don't have it right at oh my yeah there's st mary's i see it right there yes we're probably looking at the same list then probably. or we looked at the same list because i don't have mine anymore but yeah according to this list though it says gettysburg college is the most haunted oh so again and we had a conversation of that depends on like 
who's going to the college who how many people did you ask are people going because like there's so many factors are you talking to skeptics are you talking to people who really want to see ghosts all the time so they went to a very historical i don't know and are we talking like hard facts or just hearsay i heard yeah yeah Yeah. too many factors anyway so this mitchell hall we'll go back to mitchell hall i and elmo and elmo the construction (laughs) worker who who died working there Dang. <laughs> I don't remember how many stories he fell. Again, I didn't grab a lot of history on these because there's just so much to go over. Right. So some of the information I'm going to get is from UDReview.com. Oh, like UD. Yeah, except it is letter U, letter <laughs> oh, D, <dang>. review. <laughs> and this is, uh, I don't know who said this, I guess just the general consensus is that you can see a woman and two small children dressed in pajamas and they've appeared in the balcony and then will disappear suddenly. Okay, pajamas from what era? Because I'd be really embarrassed if someone saw the ghost of me in my pajamas <laughs> circa like 97, <laughs> six-year-old pajamas. I don't want you to see that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd be embarrassed if you saw my pajamas now because that's not a lot of... Y'all, I would, don't. <laughs> y'all would be upset if you saw my pajamas now. They are next to none. Yeah, <laughs> so. It gets hot. Anyway, uh, stage props and tools have gone missing and then will resurface minutes later. Mm, stage tools like theater? I, again, didn't grab the history of Dang. Mitchell Hall, so I don't know what's in there. There's it kind of sounds like Man, it. we should cover, like, theater sometimes because there's so many, uh, you know, spooky, like, myths I feel like we have in whatever. the past. Yeah. Uh, we did. We uh, it was in Hawaii. Well, there's even just like silly things you shouldn't say or shouldn't shouldn't do, or it'll like oh ruin yeah superstition yeah. superstitious. Thank you, Ooh. good lord. Anyway, lights and power equipment have turned on and off unexpectedly. Unexplained laughter during late evening rehearsals have unnerved cast members and cut sessions short. So, yes, I assume that the theater theater. is in here. Yeah, and that's gross. No, thank you. If Mm -hmm. I heard someone laughing in the back of the auditorium and no one was there, I'd say, that's it, folks. Okay, bye. See you later. Uh, actors, now here, sometimes it's helpful. Actors who have forgotten their lines report someone or something whispering forgotten dialogue while they're on stage. Many have admittedly offered a whispered thank you to the theater's helpful phantom and residents. And you, as you should, like right. you have to, that's the superstitious stuff. You say you keep them happy. They help you out. Make them, let them be helpful ghosts. Don't give them any reason to not be helpful or right. to change whatever it is that they're doing right so that lets you know that it is some type of um it's not a residual haunting since they can give you lines to (laughs) yeah whatever production that you're doing i hope it's like mean girls or (laughs) legally blonde or something Uh, this is another website. It was Delaware Alive, or no, sorry, DelawareLive.com. Okay, Delaware Alive. That sounds really ominous. I, mm, and it's uh, someone named Scott F. Mason. He's an alumnus of the University of Delaware, and he does ghost tours on the campus. Now, he's I kind like of a good a, ghost tour. Yeah, but he's kind of a grumpy ghost. Uh, oh, he, <laughs> a grumpy ghost. <laughs> yes, he's very cynical. How and, old is he? I don't know. I didn't say, but 
I've grabbed a couple of different things that he talked about on his ghost tours. And I just feel like he's, for someone who does ghost tours, he seems pretty cynical about it. So I, I, I don't like that. We've it's done like, tours like mm-hmm, that. And it's one of, frustrating. One we were very excited about, actually. Yes. But Mason, we'll call him, he had a girlfriend who was in Mitchell Hall And he said that she was standing in her room and then from an archway that adjoins to another room, she suddenly saw the outline and white, uh, glowing white, of which she perceived to be a woman. And suddenly this apparition that was outlined in white said to her that everything is okay, everything is fine, everything will be okay. Oh. That is a lot of dialogue from... (laughs) I mean, they're practicing, they're practicing their lines all the time. So I suppose their vocabulary is very broad. Well, and it says she was standing in her room. So it's almost like a dorm, dorms in there too, maybe. Or maybe office, maybe she worked in the building. I don't know. Depending on the year, because we also know all too well that buildings go through so many various, the science building, Mm -hmm. then housing, then the science building, then technology now destroyed. (laughs) Yeah. And. I don't know where Elmo comes in because they talked about one website I found talked about Elmo being a construction worker, but the UD review talked about the woman and the child right. in the pajamas. So right. I, what? <laughs> I don't know. But those are some occurrences in Mitchell Hall. The next building we're going to cover is Old College. Okay. That's the name of the building. And this is, so this is University of Delaware, so a college within, cool, K. Yes. Yeah. And this is coming from Delaware Live also. Okay. Okay. So, and I, uh, I'm going to butcher <laughs> his name. I already know I'm going to butcher his name. It's Ed O'Connowicks. That's not pretty too bad. good to me. Yeah. Not too bad. He is a writer and former University of Delaware professor, and he used to give tours, ghost tours through the campus as well. Wow. And this is written by him. Okay. We're going to call him Ed. I'm not going to call him by his last name. Okay. Because <laughs> I will mess it up at some point. Anyway, he writes that the storyteller has heard reports of objects going missing around old college, particularly tools during the times when the building was being remodeled. So these spirits here are cool unless you try to change things about it. Then they're not cool anymore. Hmm. They say that in old places like museums and art galleries and historical sites where battles and murders occurred, the dead never rest, uh. says Ed. <laughs> <laughs> They like it when it's nice and calm and nothing disrupts them. When they start doing refurbishing and painting, knocking down walls, they get upset because they like it the old way. Right. It's almost like residual meets uh, intelligent intelligent because they're Mm -hmm. like, don't get rid of that doorway. I've always used that doorway. (laughs) Well, and that's when we talk about residual hauntings. If you see a spirit, a ghost, if you happen to catch a full apparition, like good for you, first of all. Right. If it walks through walls or walks out of a window just casually and you're like, why did it do that? And (laughs) if you look back, the building may not have been in that um, set up or yeah that type of setup they may have done changes to it so with the residual haunting if there was a door there they're always used to that door and they'll continue to walk through it regardless of what's put in that place right now if you have an intelligent haunting if you try to make those changes that's when they get ticked off and they're like now where am i supposed to go yeah <laughs> all right 
Uh, Ed also says for a long time, he would remind tour patrons that death comes in threes. It does. That's a, yeah. I don't know where that started, but that's, I hear that a lot. Yeah. And old college, there is a very famous story about Jane or sorry, John Edward Roach. So essentially what happened to John is that he, there were kids pulling pranks and I don't know how much of it was a prank and how much of it was bullying. It sounds a little more like bullying to me, oh, no. but they were pranking each other on the stairs of this building at the old college. And somehow John's throat got slit on accident, quote unquote. Whoops a daisy. Yeah. Dang. They slit his throat and he died there on the steps and now it's said that his ghost haunts haunts this building right uh i can find a little more it was uh march 30th 1858 is when this happened okay and that's the ghost tales started to begin soon after this happened actually pretty soon after mm-hmm. uh there's also uh, uh stuff about native americans which mm, we'll get i didn't get into that just because yeah i mean it is history it's not like they're saying it's an indian burial ground right but there is stuff about native americans there um well, i was just wondering if i hate to always jump to this you know unprecedented times and all <laughs> mm-hmm. but was it the just playing around and accidentally getting your throat slit do we know like the race of any of them i don't know the race no uh essentially what was happening there someone had made a fake pamphlet you're gonna have to read the whole story it's very long Mm -hmm. but they were uh it was insulting members of the exhibition it was an 18 page pamphlet that was put out making fun of all of these people who were part of an exhibition it's like a manifesto if you will and there was nearly two full pages dedicated to john roach attacking him his family and particularly his mother who he was especially close to yeah i mean this doesn't sound like haha we were just playing mm-hmm Then he ran into my knife 10 times, like... (laughs) Pretty much. And then on March 30th, a group of students planned to raid one of the people's rooms. His last name was Harrington. Mm -hmm. And he was on the top floor of the old college. And they were going to attempt to steal and destroy these false programs that they were putting out, slandering all these people and their families. Right. Uh, Harrington and some of his friends were eating in the dining room of the house of George Platt on Main Street when they were alerted of this break-in. Mm-hmm. John Roach, who was with them at the time, uh, was the first to break out of the dining hall and run to old college. By the time he got to the dormitories, the raiding group was burning the pamphlets. Mm -hmm. And there were so many pamphlets that multiple furnaces were lit in different rooms. So they're destroying all of this. Right. They were they were there. They were serious about this. Yeah. So John Roach jumped in to help. The argument then became physical. There were roughly about 20 students gathered in the dorm room, some of them brandishing weapons. Uh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So there were people scuffling over the remainder of the pamphlets. People were pulled, pushed, held back, whatever. And Roach was punched in the face. And then at some point during the commotion, his throat was slit. Whoops. Yikes. How'd that happen? Yeah. He stepped from the room unnoticed, leaving a trail of blood behind him, and reached the building's main doorways near the bottom steps. 
Um, and that's where he bled out out in front of the doorways. Dang. Well, for all we know, maybe the stories were true. Maybe he was a big douchebag. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It's hard to hard to say. I'm not saying that, that condones slitting someone's throat. But. No, no. And it says that there was a crowd surrounding him when someone suggested, uh, when someone asked who slit his throat and they called out some dude's name and said it was this guy. And so, uh, again, is the 1850s, 1858. Yeah. Um, I don't remember who they said that they accused of doing this. Anyway... That's the story behind John Roach. It's a really long story that was very concise. There was a whole lot to it that I skipped over. Okay. So now back to what Ed Oconowicz was saying is that death comes in threes and that the curse of John Edward Roach never claimed a third victim. Yet. Yeah, there was (laughs) one he did claim. Uh, Let me see who it was. I had it. See, this is my notes are all over the place. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, a year later, the building actually did shut its doors, though. It was um, due to poor financial standing that they had to close their doors on March 30th, 1859, exactly one year later. So, whoops. Okay. It was, oh, Isaac Weaver is who they claimed murdered John Roach. There it is. He was found not guilty, though, part to, uh, partly because there was no blood on his knife when it was recovered. Oh, wow. I mean, it's the 1800s. Anyone can go like, whoop, whoop. All I did was wipe it off right. on his coat. I was like, oh, no, it wasn't me. Right. Um, who was the guy that was killed, though? Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I wish I would have had better notes on this <laughs> anyway well, there was someone who died shortly after roach was killed so now they're saying careful what you do in old college because john roach never claimed his third victim well, that's so. ominous and weird and not a good way to draw people to a university well it's he this ed Oconowitz would tell people this that like just as a spooky just prospective ooh. students getting the tour of the campus well he stopped saying this during his tours because one particularly excited patron who bought a, the last ticket like to go on this tour tripped down the stairs and broke his legs and they're like, uh, so he stopped telling people that uh, he hasn't claimed a victim yeah. yet. So that's the most, I guess, uh, famous, infamous story behind old college is that. There's a lot of death and murder and on this campus, there's just like a lot of bad things that happen. I don't know. I guess if it's been open as long as it has, the chances are terrible good. things yeah. happening. The next place I'm going to cover is Ray Street C. Okay. So, again, with the campus, the it's got its own streets and stuff. So, this is Ray Street C. Okay. And this comes from hercampus.com. Like H-E-R. Ooh. I know. So, it's a lady's perspective. Okay. Yes. Let's go. It's a little more recent, but I didn't get the year on any of these. So, sorry about that. It's fine. The person writing this article said their roommates... And them, they lived in a suite-style dorm in Ray C, with a bathroom in the center connecting the two. Okay. Okay. The first occurrence that they can remember was centered in the bathroom. So in between the two 
two dorms. Oh, bad things happen in the bathroom. Yes. That's a good song. That's too. also from Bob's Burgers. <laughs> that's, a, that's a banger. One of her roommates, it was the campus UD's co-CC. No idea what that means. Her name was Addison. I feel like I should be able to use context clues here, but I don't have anything. Campus University of Delaware's co-CC. Co- Co- campus counselor i don't know i don't know anyway her name was addison she remembers feeling so strongly like someone was in the bathroom while she was showering that she would begin talking and would get no response on multiple occasion occasions so enough that she would call out and ask questions to see if someone would respond because she just felt that strongly that someone was in there with her that's happened to me i think i mentioned before at moggers when i was in the uh walk-in cooler and oh, i thought yeah. someone was talking to me and i answered him twice mm-hmm. and there was nobody in there yeah and this is just like even worse it's when you're in the shower you know when you think the killer's coming to get you oh, gosh. it's just the presence of someone being in there with her was that strong yeah she's like so and so are you roommate are you out there <laughs> like just test him hey can you grab me a towel Right, and just anything random. <laughs> yeah, so. sure. Shoot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, when they answer the one time. Rip. <laughs> anyway, at night, they would hear the bathroom stall door slam open and closed. But when they would text everyone in the suite, they found out that no one was in the bathroom at that time. Oh, good. Always in the bathroom. The creepiest experience for this person had to do with the light above their bed. For the entire year, the overhead was disconnected, so their room only had one light on the side. Okay. The overhead light did not work. Yeah. One night, the light above the bed that never worked began to flicker on and off. Uh Uh-huh. This was the first and last time it ever happened. That was also the night that, for no reason, their phone began to flash between the normal screen and a white background. Oh. E. I don't like that. Yeah. They'd never before had phone problems and never did after that. So again, just that one time. Mm, Apple updates are crazy. (laughs) The next morning, they woke up at about 6 a.m. for work. And when they turned on the bathroom light, it strobed on and off. And even when they turned the switch off, the strobe effect continued. Oh, I think the scariest part of that story is getting up at 6 (laughs) a.m. No. (laughs) Which is dumb. I get up earlier than that sometimes for work. Coffee shops are... I don't even want to think about it. I go back to work in a couple of weeks and I'm be sad about it. Thinking about getting up. Because I'm going to have to get up even earlier because I have to take my child to the babysitter. That's true. (laughs) Sometimes it's nicer to get up earlier and like start your day and get moving, you know? Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I'm trying to make it better. (sighs) Well, if you want to know... Like, what, what makes Ray C. so haunted? Why, like, what, where is this coming from? What happened here? Yeah. They did some research to see if anyone had died in the building, and they had come across an article about a man who was found decomposing behind Ray Street in 2015. Oh, ah. Yep. It had been a month between when he went missing to when his body had been found gross i mean mm-hmm. did they determine that he had been decomposing for a month i know i'm like asking specifics that you probably don't have but i do have a link to the article but no, no i don't have no. that right off hand no <laughs> oddly enough the hauntings in their dorm started on the exact day that he went missing and settled down after he was found in december oh uh, no Yay. 
They talked to their RA about everything that happened, and she confirmed that another Ray C. RA had warned her that previous residents were terrified by possible hauntings. Most disturbing of all was why the man died remains unsolved. Gross. And the link she did the, in this article actually posted a link to the Newark Post online.com to the story about this man. So it's not unfounded information. It says police identify body as that of missing Newark man. Okay. Is that his picture? That is him. It always makes it feel worse when you have a face. Uh. And this was December of 2015. So the body that was found in the backyard of a home in the unit block of Ray C on Saturday has been identified. So it's a real story. You can see this dude that... No, thank you. Yes. Now, there were a couple other things that I've put in my notes here that aren't necessarily haunted, but are kind of interesting facts about the university. Okay. And it comes from our cynical Mason guy. And that's like... (laughs) This is what it's supposed to be um, just the lore of the university, I guess. And he just poops all over it, which is annoying. We love we love when people do that. Yeah. The it's first literally thing. your job and you're going to poop on it. Yeah. So we'll we'll lighten the mood a little bit and get away from true crime and talk about something else. How about Dang. the kissing arches? Oh, I'm glad you came across that because did you see I it did. Too? I in my research, I was like, oh, I can't cover that. I know. Well, the current legend is that if you kiss your loved one five times under these arches, then you will have a happy future. Like how, going to Delaware, like how long duration? <laughs> and oh, the kissing! <laughs> a minute apiece. Don't move for a minute. Why? I'm just saying. That's oh, <laughs> I was like, oh my god, you were just staring like very intently. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just staring off into space. I'm sorry. But I'm talking. I'm talking to you. Oh, okay. Well, Mason added that this legend originated during the time that the university university existed as two separate colleges, which what you talked about earlier. Yeah. One for men and one for women. According to Mason, it's commonly believed that men and women would kiss each other goodnight at the arches, which were located between the two parts of campus before heading their separate ways. Mm-hmm. He said, it sounds good to say, oh, this is where they kissed goodbye, but it's all BS. Yeah. <laughs> He elaborated by saying that the arches were not built until 1941, right before the two colleges merged into one. Yeah. So that's why he poops all over. Well, God forbid people kissed under it. Dang. Yeah. Because, yeah, the they didn't merge until 1941, but let's say they didn't merge until August of 1941, but people got all kissy, like, in February of 1941. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Calm down. Yeah. Sorry you're single. just sounds bitter yeah well he discussed another well-known university tradition which is rubbing the nose of the bust of judge h.m morris and morris library in order to pass your exams rubbing your nose on his bust rub the nose of the bust oh so take your hand and rub his nose i pictured someone rubbing their nose (laughs) on like his chest like mm, like doing a little motorboat no so there's a bust of his head and you take your hand and rub his nose does that make more sense i mean it's not as fun but and then and again has to put some crappy comment on this he says if you have to resort to rubbing some body part of a statue in order to pass a test maybe you should rethink your career plans 
Mason. I'm sorry, sir. My God. It's just... Ah, so this man is embittered and also went to community college. He's single and <laughs> got his associates at under and he maybe he didn't graduate. I don't know. He went, to, he university. went to university. University of Delaware. Okay, well, yeah, sorry, your girlfriend dumped you under the arch and like I don't know what to and tell you. And you forgot to run the statue and you failed your exam. Or boyfriend. Yeah. Partner. Well, yeah. maybe the bust was your partner and somehow you found him under the arch and he left you for another bust. I, oh my God. <laughs> Listen. There's one more thing on campus okay. that he talks. You're like, please. That this guy talks about. The next legend brought up on the tour is, his. the tour that he does is regarding the Deer Park Tavern. He explains that many believe the tavern to be cursed by author Edgar Allan Poe. Oh. Yeah, he poops on that too. Don't worry. Okay, the, Lord. <laughs> the actual story, according to Mason, is that Poe gave a lecture at the Newark Academy in 1843 that was not well received. Mm-hmm. Angry, Poe headed to what was then the St. Patrick's Inn. On the way, he fell in the mud, got drunk, and got thrown out in, of the inn, after which he cursed the inn, saying that, quote, those who leave will have to return. Oh, like, I don't know. You'll come back to the tavern. Dang, I love my baggage. I love my luggage. (laughs) Well, in actuality, Deer Park Tavern was built in 1851. And this was he gave the lecture in 1843. Uh Uh-huh. After. So it was built in 1851 after St. Patrick's Inn had burned down. So if you look at the raven that they have in the glass box, they shouldn't have it because it was never there, said Mason. Okay. So dumb. Mason. This dude. Quit crapping on what literally sucks everything. Is I know a Mason in real life, so I just keep picturing that Mason. I'm like, he would never say these things. Well, Mason was his last name, too. It's Scott Mason. I just call oh, him. Oh, I know some Scots. The article had it at his last name, so I just use his last name. And I know a Mason, too. Um, he whatever. might say those things. <laughs> I don't he, know. He may say those things. He was a cynical guy, too. Mm-hmm. But that there's so much more. I found an article with the top 11 haunted locations on campus. Yeah. And then even at the end of that article, it said, here's like three or four others, but we couldn't find any solid evidence to cover it here in this article. So University of Delaware is apparently crawling with spirits and haunted happenings. Uh, I don't know if they're still doing ghost tours today. I guess that's one thing I could have Googled is does the University of Delaware do ghost tours? I don't know. Hmm. I feel like it'd be a freelance thing. I don't want Scott to do it. No. No, I'm not paying good money for that. That Econowicz guy, maybe. Maybe. His wasn't too bad. That was okay. But I feel like if they are doing it, it's not promoted by the university itself. Even though the university actually, University of Delaware's website does cover a lot of the hauntings as well. Uh, there were some things that they covered that I didn't necessarily pick out. There was something about you could hear like a ticking bomb. That's, you can still hear the ticking of it today. <laughs> I, I was just saying I had a, an article up that I didn't end up using because it was mostly haunted stuff. Yeah, the, the ticking time bomb, mm-hmm. uh, the academy building that I causing the because I you talked about the academy building. Yeah. Did you talk about someone that hung themselves there? No, that's why I said I didn't even get to get into the history because there's so much. But yeah, there's supposedly someone who uh, hanged himself because his dad, I don't remember, his dad like embarrassed him. Well, it's, I've actually got it right here. Okay. It says he quit 
school to fight with Washington's army during the British invasion of the northern Delaware region in August 1777. When the lad's father learned of his son's absence from the academy, he entered the Patriot campsite near Iron Hill, grabbed his son by the ear, and delivered him back to school, causing the boy considerable embarrassment. The deadly effect was discovered the next morning (laughs) when the young man's body was found swinging from a handmade noose in the cupola... We d- we I couple, talked about this before. Couple of, uh, of the academy building, so that was another one. I got a headless horseman here. Oh yeah, there's the old college murder, Elmo, all that. Yeah, and the University of Delaware also talks about the guy who, the construction worker who fell from a scaffolding and died. But that's not the ghost you see. It's a woman and a child. Yeah, I there's just know. lots happening. But yeah, tons, tons of stuff, and that's like. I grabbed some of the more interesting ones, and sorry I didn't get too deep into the history, and I fumbled there a little bit with uh, John Roach's story because it was a whole to-do. Right, I was going to say, and there's a lot of pieces to it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's just a lot. Yes. John Roach's story was actually pretty sad when you read it all. I mean, if you think about, I don't know, got just killed right there in front of everyone, and they were like, uh... I didn't do it. Yeah, and then they just... I don't know, they never charged anyone in his murder, and yeah, I'd probably be pretty ticked off, too, as a spirit, if I died on college campus and stuck there for, well... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to, his spirit doesn't have to be there, but I believe him to be angry enough to stick around there. And probably. That's probably why it's haunted by him. Probably. But that's gonna cover it for now. Uh, we could have, could have made this a two-part episode with all the haunted history, but... Honestly, yeah. So much, so much. You can... Look it up yourself there. I didn't find a ton of... I found one video on YouTube. Uh, it was like nine years old. Oh, didn't a, you say the dude's like, this place is spooky. Yeah, it was just a couple <laughs> of guys walking through Smythe Hall, which is another one I didn't cover. It's yeah. S-M-Y-T-H. It was pronounced Smythe. Yeah. Smythe's Hall is supposedly haunted. Uh, man, there's just so, so much stuff. So it was a good one. And it's different. It's different from our um the usual yeah haunted hospitals and asylums not that we don't like those no because those are crawling with good stories but this was (laughs) something different and outside of the norm for us so now we're gonna head to delaware and check out i know i would like to i would like a road trip now yeah i would go i would take one of their ghost tours if it was still available yeah and i think that's gonna cover it uh that covers my portion for all the haunted history. So that does wraps it. up. That does the whole the whole thing. That wraps up the University of Delaware and Newark, Newark. Delaware. Newark, Newark. Newark. I feel like <laughs> it's probably Newark. I don't know. I don't I know before I painted it. I, yeah. <laughs> anyway, next week uh is actually going to be a twin tangent it is it is and i'm excited (laughs) i can't wait to just get some things off my chest oh gosh Uh, yeah i'm just strapping everyone for it (laughs) if you're a newer listener if you picked up on us after we came back from our hiatus or something this will be our first twin tangent since the hiatus i believe yikes i think so i'm almost certain because we don't get a ton of them it's every fifth thursday of a month yeah i take an episode to just I guess unwind and and talk, talk about, about something <laughs> other than haunted things because whatever else interests us in that moment. Yeah, <laughs> we've talked about 
aliens, true crime, mm-hmm. um, Ma- <sighs> glitches in the matrix. Oh yeah, Ugh. sleep paralysis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've talked about a lot of interesting stuff, so <laughs> I'm excited to have another tangent episode that we can just talk about something else, and then after that, we'll be giving you guys somewhere we've actually visited. So. A lot of fun stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks. And then we'll get back to our regular scheduled alphabet, <laughs> alphabet United States. <laughs> yeah. And that's going to cover it for this episode. So tune in next week for whatever fun, interesting topic we decide to we just, just rant about. We'll figure it out when we get there. Oh, we'll know. <laughs> and we'll have plenty to say, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. See you next week. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Mixing, editing, and music is by Kelsey Ingram. Our cover art is done by both of us. Visit our website at orsotheysaypod.com. You can find links to our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok all at orsotheysaypod. If you would like to donate and have access to all of our evidence from our investigations, please visit patreon.com slash orsotheysaypod. You can donate as little as $1 to hear EVPs, watch haunting videos, and see photographic evidence we've captured during our travels. You can also give a once-off donation to our PayPal, which will be linked on our website as well. Merchandise can be found at redbubble.com slash people slash or so they say pod. You can find or so they say on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. And when you do find us, please make sure to rate, review, follow, or subscribe. We, and the algorithms, will thank you for it. See See you next week. week.